0: listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Win championships, you've got to have a championship organization. Rexha, what a pass to Anders. A king followed. To ranch fire, she converts. Rhymes again. And it's really Pull up three in transition for Angela Harris. Giroux says not tonight, not in Houston. another episode of Pod, Slam, and Jam are presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I am one of your hosts, Justin Barbosa, play-by-play announcer for Vike Media, and you can find me on Twitter at jbarbosa underscore 95.
1: And I'm your second host, Dayon Dunlap, color commentator for UH Women's Basketball Home Games. And also, I do play-by-play with Texan Live and LSN Sports, that's Legacy net doing football and high school sports. Around the Greater Houston area. Before we start, be sure to follow official Apollo Media account. That's at Apollo H O U, as well as hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you watch your podcast. We would greatly appreciate
0: it. And on today's episode, we're really going to dig into different positions from both UH men's and women's team, and also how UH stacks up with the rest of the teams in Texas. And then at the end of the show, we'll talk about a little bit of your questions you asked us on Twitter. And, Dion, we're going to go right into it on the position grades. So let's let's start with the point guards. Yeah, when we start with point guards, first
1: starting with the women's team, they have their starting point guard coming back. That's Diamond Gladney, her senior season. She progressed every year throughout her tenure at Houston, and I think she's going to get better in her senior season. She's become a better leader, not only on the court but off the court as well. You hear that from her teammates and with our coach, Julie, and Taylor Purvis. She was a freshman last year, didn't really play that much, but I caught a lot of her games when she was at Hightower. And also, Julia Blackshear Farrell, unsure if she's coming back. I believe she is for her another extra year as a senior so I think I would have to give that grade a a B plus
0: yeah they definitely had a lot of guard production this season Uh, you mentioned Julia Blackshell Fair Um, really a huge loss for the Cougars this season and not sure if she's coming back but has a chance to (laughs) with the legibility rules with COVID but definitely some good production in that area this season and a big jump of improvement for the Lady Cougars, for sure. And, and
1: start when Diamond, like I mentioned, starting with her, she was a natural playmaker, getting her teammates involved. She's able to penetrate the lane, and she became a, a better three-point shooter. I think the next evolution of her game is becoming a higher percentage three-point shooter. She's consistent now; and just shooting a better percentage. And in the next category, I kind of categorize as guard slash wings. And that's starting with Layla Blair. She also plays the point guard position, but she's also like a combo guard and wings. And when Coach Huey's system, their guards are in the challenge and most of the guards can initiate the offense. And so outside moving on, the point guards, we just gave our grades. But for the guard slash wings, starting with Layla Blair, and as you heard on last week's show, Tierra Young, the transfer they came in from LSU and also – They have Tamara Nard. She's another transfer that came in from Bolo Community College. And and then Brittany Onyeje, Kendall Brown, Asia Thompson. Just starting with Leigh Blair had a tremendous senior – I mean, freshman season, excuse me. I think she's the building block for Houston program. I think she's the prayer coach. She was kind of going to build around, and she's going to be one of their go-to players. So I think their guard group in total, I would have to give it an A. I gave – point guards, B-plus, their guard slash wings, I'm going to give it an A. I think they're going to have to rebuild their chemistry coming with so many new faces in their guard position. But Brittany Onyje, she proved herself to be a lethal three-point shooter, a lockdown defender, and just tenacious defensively also rebounds the basketball well. So I think the next evolution of her game, like Diamond, is becoming a better three-point shooter percentage wise. She shoots a high volume of threes. I think if she can make a better percentage of those, it'll it'll work good for the
0: team. Yeah, definitely going to be a big building block in the next season. And, of course, Brittany Onehey had that injury near the end of the season, that uh, planter on her foot, which really um, hurt the team those last few games and going into the American tournament. And Layla Blair – Great freshman season, although struggled those first couple few weeks with those growing pains. But once she settled in, I mean, she was great. And I'm looking forward to see her play next season.
1: Yeah, me too. When she settled in, she had like six or seven consecutive games of double digit points. Turnovers were down, her assists were up. I think she's going to be good. I didn't get a lot, enough. I didn't get to see um, the LHU Garden transfer is coming in a lot, but just looking at some of her numbers in the biggest game, she played in the SEC. And they have, they played against Texas A&M, South Carolina. And in those games against the best team, she had her best game scoring-wise, 20 points, 16 points. And so I think their guard position is going to be really
0: Yeah, definitely a big pickup after losing the uh, Maya Crump after she transferred in the offseason. So definitely some more depth and more additions for this women's team.
1: Yeah, for sure. losing Maya Crump is going to be a big key. But like you said, they, they're they not rebuilding, their are rebuilding. Killa Brown is coming in from DeSoto. She took her team to a state championship game. Asia Thompson is transferring from Old Dominion. She also played at DeSoto. She has some experience. Another good guard, Coach Chewie Rafe, said she's familiar really with that system and. And so their guard position will be the strength of their team, I think, next year. Just continue on until their the position grades. The, the next is the four is Bria Patterson and Cameron Jones. Bria Patterson is like one of the most versatile players at that four spot. And she's like epitomizes the position lens of what Coach would likes to do. She can bring the ball up, rebound, shoot, do everything on the floor. So I'll have to give the next grade position a boot plus as well.
0: So, Dan, what's your thoughts on the fourth position going into next season?
1: I think it's, a, it's going to be a strength for Houston as well. Bria Patterson is a turning starter. She was mm-hmm. a leading rebounder before she sprang her MCL last season. So, I think she's going to come back in her junior season, build on what she did in her first two years, become a more consistent scorer. Like I said, she's a three level scorer. She can shoot the basketball from mid range outside and score inside as well. I want to see her be a little bit more playmaker as far as – because she's normally most athletic than most of the four positions that she's going to face against. So I, I really like it. I think Cameron Jones came on well. She sold spots. And when she got her minutes, some good rebound and good putback. So I think that position is really well. But I think it's really well.
0: And now we're moving on to the center positions. So, Dion, how do you feel about how the center position did this season? I think they
1: did really well, starting with Jasmine Lewis in her sophomore season. I think she took a tremendous leap from her freshman season. She really showed it. She really can dominate the game. She showed, like, minute, two or three minute stretches where she could really dominate the game from the inside. Really good footwork to finish over both shoulders, good hands inside. And she showed that she can shoot her mid-range jump shot. That's something I didn't know she had in her offensive repertoire. She showed me she can do that. So, really, when I saw South Carolina line, I watched Leah Boston, and watching her, I think that's Jasmine Lewis' ceiling. Watching what Leah Boston has been able to do for South Carolina as far as being able to dominate a game for longer stretches, periods of time, I think if Jasmine can do that, she would be one of the best players in the country. But her and Tatiana Hill are interchangeable as far as starting centers. Both of them are starting caliber centers. Tatiana Hill started primarily most of her career, her freshman and sophomore season. And then her and Jackson kind of interchanged new. One funny story we, I talked to Coach Ewitt before every um, home game, before I called the games. And one thing he told me and Matt, that's my partner who I do the games with, is that. Tatiana and Jasmine Lewis both came to him and said, "Coach, I think I play better when I come off the bench." And that's something you really don't hear from players. So I think it's another offseason, then continue to compete with each other because you can tell they kind of competed for the minutes in a good way. Whoever played good, know they get the both of the minutes, or whoever didn't, and they know the other were play. So it was healthy competition. I think I would give that. I would give it also a. A B-plus, almost an A. I just want to see Jasmine Lewis take that next step, and I think that position could be another strength for Coach Ewing.
0: And the women's team really made a big jump this season after struggling in the 2019-20 season. They exceeded all expectations and finished third in the American, and they were pretty much one win away. If they didn't lose that game to Cincinnati, pretty much from making the tournament as – and after that loss to Cincinnati, they were the first four out. And if they had won that game and won a couple games, more games in the tournament, they probably would have been the first four in. I mean, just a big improvement this season for Coach Huey and the Lady Cougars.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I can't forget that they added another transfer, a graduate transfer, and to Diagni, She came and it's coming over from Purdue, where she averaged eight and a half points eight rebounds, a few block shots, and she's another center to go along with Jasmine Lewis and Tatiana Hill. So, all around, I think Coach Huey is going to have a well-rounded basketball team. I think we're going to talk later on in one of our other segments about what teams can possibly beat Houston, men and women's in the upcoming conference. But if you want to move right along to the, the men's going to their grades for their position group, starting with the point guards, Marcus Sasser, who's more of a combo guard, but I think – he will play a lot point, more point guard than he has in his um, career. He's initiated the offensive line, but I think him and Jamal Shed, the two point guards on the roster right now that I'm looking at for Coach Sampson. I think I would have to give them right now a B. I'm so high on Jamal's. If listen to our last episode, you see how high I am on Jamal Shed. I think he has, he's a Chris Paul style of a point guard which a pass first but he can score although he went three from 24 in his freshman season he didn't really get that many looks marcus sassel shot i believe 36 percent i think he should shoot around 40 he's a good enough shooter to shoot around 40 percent from three and i think he will do that become more consistent like i mentioned in our last episode and i will give them a, a b plus they can take those next steps and just see what Jamal Shett can do at this level. I believe he will be a good point guard, a bulldog defensively. I think he's going to be one of the best point guards to come through Houston potentially.
0: And I agree. I think Jamal Shett, He, of course, he didn't have much minutes this season. Uh, Showed a little promise at point with his passing and defense. And, of course, Marcus Sasser, when he's on, he is on. And uh, I'm going to give my grade for the point guard's for this season, uh, I'm going to give him a B plus just from the production of uh, Dajon Giroux as he was the heart and soul of the team and great passer and a tenacious defender. And, uh, and of course, like the biggest knock on the point guards, which made it a B and not an a was when uh, we saw a lot of times this season, when Drew would go out of the game, we saw the offense kind of get stagnant, especially in the tournament, especially that game against uh, Rutgers and, even in a couple games against, like, Oregon State and Syracuse. But when Deshaun Drell was on the court, he was the floor general and the man as point guard.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I would give – I would give – and just including him, his play in the point guard group from last season, I would give it an eight because he played tremendous the entire season. He hasn't ups and downs, but overall, i give his play an eight. I'm just – just going through the players and kind of projecting going forward with the current roster that they will have. But I agree with you wholeheartedly about De'Jane Giroux.
0: And now moving on to shooting guards and the wings, we have the departure of Quentin Grimes. Coming in is uh, Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech, a really big pickup in the transfer area for Coach Sampson. That's a good
1: pickup for Coach Sampson. Kyler Harris is battle-tested, upperclassman. And I, I, I think he reminds Cooper fans a lot of Nate Hin as far as the, the way he would compete on the defensive end, block the rebounds, dive on the floor, do a lot of those intangible things. And he, he, he's a capable scorer. Capable scorer, he can shoot the basketball from on the outside. Texas take average around 10 points, four and a half rebounds, 41% from three. So I think he's going to go really well, but to also, you Shaman Mark, I think that's the next guard for Houston to kind of beat the guy. We saw Houston to kind of in there, throughout the history of sense to kind of have a, a guy at that guard position from Damian Dawson to Rob Gray to Corey Davis to Nate Hen, Quentin Grimes, as you just mentioned. I think Shimon Mark's that next guy. I, I expect for him to take a huge leap because if you're just looking at his freshman season, average around eight points, but He's already ingrained into the coach, and he did the little things as a role player in his freshman season. So I think he was able to see what it takes to carry a team to a final four. And I expect for him and this entire coaching staff, Coach Pondis White, Coach Sampson, and Kellen, and in the head, Coach Sampson, Kellen, I think, Kellen, and, and Kellen, excuse me. I think they both, I have total trust in them the way they would get them. Going to the next level. So Jamal Mark, like you said, Kyler Man, I also have Taze Moore. Coming from Cal State Bakersfield. I haven't seen much of him. I saw highlights. He has some crazy highlights dunking on people and just doing 360 dunks. But in the game, he shot 50% from three. That's lights out. If you can make 50% of your three pointers, and if he can bring that to Houston, stretching the floor like that, I think he'll vote well in that group in the department. I'm gonna have to give their guard position currently constructed a B not a B plus this would be this is a lot to prove I expect from the B really well but it's just an unproven a lot of unproven question marks
0: yeah I'm gonna have to agree with the B as well this is kind of a transition year I'm gonna kind of compare it to the 2019-20 season where you're gonna have a little bit of youth and then couple of transfers coming in to buy into the culture. But, uh, I'm pretty excited for these, uh, transfer guards coming in and Kyler Edwards and Taze Moore and Edwards shot 41% from three. And then, like you said, uh, Taze Moore has crazy athleticism and 50% arc from three. And this is something I think we kind of needed a little bit more last season, this little bit better shooting and U of H is, uh, you know, culture, their bread and butter is their second chance points in the rebounding. But if they can make more of those first chance points, I mean, they could be like really dangerous. And I think they needed more of that athleticism and that shooting. I
1: agree with you for sure. And If he can bring that shoot 50% or anywhere in the ballpark at Houston. And if I'm not mistaken, he's around six, four, six, five. So he's a big athletic guard. Cameron Tyson isn't no longer going to be with the program. And he was, a really good shooter and but like you said Houston needs more consistent shooters and more shooters that can make it on the first shot and I think Marcus Sasser can do that shot 36 percent I think he needs to open up 40 percent and up range I want to see Tays more Kyler don't forget to mention Ramon Walker as well freshman coming in and also Ryan Elvin he didn't really play that much but Ramon Walker's a really capable scorer coming from a Houston area kid, shout Creek. I did some of his high school games, his junior and senior season um, with Takes Live, Life. 6'5 guard, really capable scorer, three-level scorer in high school. So I expect for him to come in and potentially get some minutes and show flashes as well because I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Only a three-star recruit coming out, not one of those heavy-sought-after kids, but I saw him and that kid has a lot of talent.
0: And I agree to bring him along with to come off the bench or learn from Jamal Mark and the others coming into the program. And we know about Jamal Mark. I mean, this kid scored, was having 40, 50-point games at Dickinson High School. And we saw a lot of potential, what he could bring. And probably not much in the scoring department this season, but we saw the beginning of the season where he can shoot. He can shoot the ball. But like you said, he can do things. You know, other good score, like he can help in the rebounding department. For example, that big uh put back against Rutgers and also get some assists in there around you know three or four a game.
1: Yep, I, I think his rebounds will go up. he be more aggressive. He's I think he's really gonna show how complete of a basketball player he is. He's a really good playmaker as well as a natural player. I know people throw it around because he's left-handed, but he is. A similar player to James Harden that similar skill set as far as being able to get, get to the free throw line, create play. I want I'm excited to see Jerm Mark. And I think the entire guard slash wing group is, is gonna be really good. But just continuing on to the next group which is the, the forwards and like you said Houston program is built around offensive rebounding and rebounding in its total not just offensively, daunting, but crashing and glass. And Justin Gorham is graduating as a senior. and We know the season that he had, but well, I'm excited, very excited to see a full season. And after he showed how he was able to expand his game, it's Fabian White. So starting with the fourth position, you got to start with him coming in his senior season. He, he showed in the tournament that he expanded his game. And now he's knocking down three-pointers, not only in the corner, he can knock down. He knocked down one of the crunch time against Rutgers. But I think him, he keep expanding his game. But not only just his shooting ability, he's going to give Houston. And what he gave them when he came back was a, a post threat. Somebody who they can play through. And I expect Coach Sampson to play through Fabian a lot and not be so guard-dependent like they were this past season. So with Fabian – I'm really excited to him. I think he can potentially average a double-double around 15 to 10. And also, I'm excited to see Baby White. And then we got Dre Warren Roberts coming back, energizer. But he's every time he's in the game, it seems like he gets an emphatic block shot, and he's a like an energizer. But reminds he's gonna remind Houston fans a lot of Justin Gorman, just as far as his tenacity, the way he goes after rebounds and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, on Fabian White, he definitely had some uh, good looks this season. But I could definitely tell uh, coming back from the the ACL tear, he didn't look a hundred percent himself like he did in nineteen twenty. But if you give him a full off season and a training camp, I think we can see him return to that twenty nineteen and twenty twenty form. And like you said, a double double. I I agree with that. And then Jawan Roberts, you know, with the limited minutes he got this season and. He brought a lot of energy, and, like, there's a lot of games where he would ha- only have, like, a couple points, but, like, at least six to seven boards in the minutes he would play. I mean, just a energy guy. And similar to Justin Gorham, like, the season before uh, 2019-20, Justin Gorham really didn't play much, but once he got playing time this season, he really excelled and was averaging double-digit rebounds just about every game almost.
1: Yeah, but I think um, Jaywan Roberts, like you said, he plays with a lot of energy. That's the one thing he's going to bring energy with block shots. He's going to be catching some alley He's a high flyer. So I expect for him to make a lot of exciting plays, bring that energy when he comes into the game. And like you said, Faith you can tell he wasn't fully himself, but I expect that the offseason, him getting stronger, continue to even better his jump shot. He doesn't have, I would say, the athletic ability or isn't athletic as Justin Gorman, but where he lacks athletically, he's better skill wise. He's more skill for on the block. I, would, I think he's a better mid range shooter. And so where he lacks in the athletic, he, he fills with skill. And I, I really, I'm expecting a huge season for Fabian White. Comeback player of the year. I mean, I, I'm expecting him to have a really bounce back year. And I got to give their position. Great group. I think that's an A. I have to give it an A because I have huge faith in Fabian and I know what Jawan Roberts is going to bring coming off the bench potentially, just with his energy and what what Houston's going to bring. And we can't forget to mention um, Robbie Armbruster. He's a freshman that they have coming in on power four. Haven't seen much of him, but I'm sure he's going to look to ingrain himself in Houston rather quickly.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give the center grade a, a as well. Just a lot of depth in that category. And then uh, you also got, you know, Reggie Cheney coming back next season as well. I mean, d- just a lot of depth in that position. And then moving on to centers, only a couple listed on the roster is uh, Kieran Powell. We didn't really see too much uh, this past season. And also uh, Caleb Bruto, who you know, doesn't really come in until the very end of garbage time. So what's your thoughts on the center position for next season?
1: I think the uh, center position is going to be uh, my strength as well. I think it's good. Like you just mentioned, Reggie Cheney coming back. I think he's expected to be the starter. And then you look at the transfer they had coming in, Josh Carlton. He's 6'10", 6'11", with at least a 7'4", 7'5", wingspan. So that gives Houston almost like a seven foot something they haven't really had an able body who can – Really, you block shots, they change a lot of shots at the rim. And so, starting with those two, I think what they're both experienced that they have, they're both going to be seniors. I give it an AS so I read to you, Kyron Powell. He showed in inspiring minutes, I think he's going to continue to get stronger. And when his time is called, I think he's going to be ready to excel. But just with Chaney and Josh Carlton. They also have Javier Francis coming in, another freshman. But with those two seniors, I think their front line is going to be very formidable. But with Chaney, White, I think White can play East interchangeable at center because Chaney and White are both 6'8", and Charlton with 16, 6'11". I think that's center position. I got to give it an A. I think it's going to be a really good position for Houston.
0: Yeah, I give mine a B-plus. Has a lot of the youth. And, of course, you can uh, play Fabian and uh... – Kieran Powell, Jawan Roberts, all in those positions. A lot of youth with a couple experienced players. And I think Josh Carlton was a really big pick pickup as the Cougars really needed somebody with height as we've been having people really just around 6'8", six, 6'9", six, the last few years. I think except for like Chris Harris a couple years ago, he's like 6'10". But uh, we really needed an athletic big man. And what I heard from a lot of UC- UConn fans on uh, – Twitter that he wasn't really used right this last couple of years, and if he can really buy into Samson's program with the rebounding and defense, I think he's going to be a really huge pickup.
1: Yeah, I remember um, a game that would, would, they played you, you play UConn at the Petita Center, and he was a starter, and I believe in like the first maybe six to eight minutes, he had to score like six or eight straight points for UConn. He may have finished the game with like six or eight points, but then that stretch he kind of dominated because he was the biggest man on the floor and so uh, i think potential is high from him he was one of those highly recruited kids and like you said he's going to bring big size to use to something they really haven't had i think it's going to bode well
0: coming right up me and they are going to discuss the top five teams in texas now the cougars can become the best team in texas Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo H-O-U, all Houston, all original.
1: And continuing on here on Pod Slamma Jamma presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. Jumping right into it here in this second segment, top five teams in Texas. I mean, it's only one place to start with the team winning a national championship and being they are in the state of Texas, I mean, you have to start with the Baylor Bears, of course. I, I mean, you agree? Baylor, number one?
0: Oh, absolutely. Won a national championship and just absolutely destroyed us and Gonzaga in the national title game.
1: Yeah, I got, I got Baylor one, Scott Jr., head coach, an outstanding job. I got Houston two. I got Texas three with their new head coach hire, Chris Beard, coming over from Texas Tech, in which I have Tech at four. They hired from within. It's actually a Tech alum, Mark Adams, in which Chris Beard, who left Tech, went to Texas because Texas is his alum. And then SMU, I have SMU at five. So, their head coach, Tim Jankovic. I almost put Abilene question because they beat Texas in the NCAA tournament, but they lost their head coach who went to UTEP. So you near where know, a program was their head coach typically go through a kind of rebuilding phase, but
0: that's my top
1: five. What about yours?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Going to go with Baylor at number one. Then number two, Houston. And uh, number three, I'm actually still going to go with Texas tech, even though they lost. Chris Beard, uh, they got Mac McClung coming back, and uh, even though they lost Kyler Edwards, I believe they can still be a good team, you know, despite the, the loss of Chris Beard and uh, number four Texas. I mean, that program is still in a kind of a shaky situation right now. Still got a lot of good players, but we'll see how Chris Beard adapts to that program. Probably have a little bit of buzz and still have to – playing at old arena and with the apathetic fan base right now, but maybe you can get them a really, really good in a couple years. Number five, also going to have to put Abilene Christian uh, knocking off Texas in the first round.
1: Yeah, I was supposed to put Abilene Christian there, but their head coach name skips me at the moment. But I did my research on him, and he actually left the school. And so, I mean, if we're doing – last season in which we kind of are because Baylor was at number one, but Baylor returns a lot of talent coming in. And so I think Baylor deserves to be at that top spot. What's the difference for you from three and four? You got tech ahead of Texas. I think not, with Chris Beard is a not only a really good recruiter, he got some good transfers coming over to one from Utah. And I think he's quickly going to turn Texas around. I mean, they made it to the tournament. It isn't like they just that far off from being where Texas Tech is.
0: I think in my opinion, it's probably the last the last couple of seasons have gone for Texas Tech. Uh, they made it to the national championship and they had a little bit of a drop off. Heck of a, definitely a heck of a recruiter and already getting some transfers. The Texas are supposed to be a tech, but, but I still give tech just a little bit of the edge, but I think, Probably could change my mind really quick once the season starts. In your mind, how does Houston become number one? Well, we, we saw Baylor. They did, they're they athletic. They can flat out shoot the ball while also defending you on one and one. I mean, uh, we saw Davion Mitchell, Butler, and T. I mean, just absolutely lighted it up. And they also got size. I mean, they looked like pretty much the perfect team those last two games in the final four in the championship game. And uh, I think a lot, their couple losses from the season was uh, coming off of COVID protocols and getting back in shape, but just flat out athleticism and they can let it fly in aggressive defense.
1: They definitely can, man. Um, Scott True has done an outstanding job. Davian Mitchell, I think he was the difference maker for me. Watching that team, Jared Butler, he's going to be in the NBA. I think David Mitchell is going to be a lottery pick. But I think they're going to lose their three best guards, if I'm not mistaken. Teague is a senior. Mitchell is going to the league. Butler was a senior. Vital was a senior. I think Thumba, um, he's going to come back. One of their best players who came off the bench, Meyer, He's coming back. One of the other players who was a big key coming off their bench, their guard, I think, love day. So, And this is the recruits coming in. I think Baylor is going to be good. But for me, for U.S. to become number one, it isn't – I don't think they just have to win a national title because Baylor won it. I would say they just have to consistently continue to be good and make long runs in the tournament like they've had. Baylor and Scott Drew have built it of being consistently good. And that's what Coach Simpson is doing here in Houston. it's big name program is being consistently year to year a program that makes a tournament run. But it just, it just it's good. It's hard to beat. You know what you're going to get when you face them. And, and so I think that's what it's going to take for Houston to reach that top spot. I think it's really one and one A. I mean, Baylor's clearly number one because of their ranking champs and what they've done, but I don't think Houston is that far behind comparing to Texas and Tech. I think Houston is way in front of them, and I expect Houston continue to be better than them. But that's what I think they should can do and have to do to win a top side. Do you think they have to win a national championship to surpass Baylor to be the top team in Texas?
0: Well, in the next, you know, many years, no. I see you're saying it's it's all about continuity continuity and just keeping the program, you know, relevant and just winning conference titles and making deep runs in the tournament as we've seen three straight tournament appearances, uh, technically because COVID uh, canceled the tournament last year, but they were on their way to the tournament last year, regardless of what happened in the American tournament. So I, I still say four straight tournament appearances.
1: Okay. No, no, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Just moving on to the women's, Hi to the women's, Become the best team in Texas. Texas, University of Texas, coming off uh, um, a tournament run in which I believe they lost to the eventual champions. If I'm not mistaken, they lost to Stanford. If my mind serves me correctly, me, my memory serves me. But as far as the UH, I think um, the women's program just continue to build on where they come from. I would go with Texas A&M AM 1. I would go Texas University, two. UH, three. SFA, four. Five. Mm. Five is kind of hard. I'm gonna go SMU, although they haven't been of recent. They just had a new head coach who we'll kind of talk about later. Toya Wilson, she's spent three years at Prairie when she took Prairie to a, a tournament bid in which they played against Baylor in their first round and they lost, but then head coach who now is a coach of LSU, Um, She said that Wilson deserved to be a head coach, so she hired her and she was at Baylor for six years. Fast forward, last year, last two years she was at Michigan, and she just has got hired an SMU women's basketball head coach, and I think she's going to do an outstanding job. I've been hearing a lot of good things. i talked with Chris Gardner, and he owns the VHRR.com, the Houston RoundballReport.com. If you're not familiar with him, so he gave me a lot of insight. He expects SMU women's basketball to get it turned around quite quickly. But I got Houston women's basketball coming in at three. I think they're a long – not a long ways because they're going on the right direction, and Coach is over 500 in his last three seasons. I think they just first got to make it to the tournament. They haven't been to the tournament since 2011. They lost to West Virginia that year. And I think their first thing is make it to the tournament. Get a tournament win and just build on their consistency, like we said with the men's program, consistently being good in your state. And then eventually I think they can start getting some of those top recruits.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with my top five, uh, and I'm just guessing here based on the tournament. Um, I might have to go with uh, probably Texas number one, and Baylor number two, and uh, maybe Texas A&M number three, and then I'll put the Cougars fourth for right now. But if they can make the tournament next season, I think they'll definitely go up and then. Uh...
1: Man, I, I got to redo my list. I totally forgot Baylor. I don't know what I'm thinking. I even though their head coach, Kim looked left to LSU. You know, town that they still own that rock, they've been over the last, what, 10 years or eight years, however long um, their head coach, Kim was there. I got to put Baylor at one. Baylor at one, a and at two, Texas at three, Houston at or SFA at five. I think that's a better list, and I feel more confident in that list because SFA is a good basketball program on the women's side as well. But I totally forgot about Baylor. Although they lost their head coach, I don't know who they're going to hire, but the talent they have and how they've consistently been good, I expect Baylor to not fall off.
0: Yeah, I only dropped them down three spots because of the coaching change, but I agree. They still have a lot of talent. depends who comes in and takes over that program. But, man, just just about over a decade of dominance. Exactly.
1: And that's when Houston has to get to that for them. So there are further ways away from claiming that the throne and power spots as the best college program in Texas as far as on the women's side, but I think they're well on their way. I definitely trust in Coach Hugh and the but he's a symbol. I definitely think they're time to continue to build on what they did this past season.
0: And coming right up, we're going to answer your questions from Twitter. Looking for a better way to rep H Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. ApolloHOU, all Houston, all original. And welcome back to Pod Slamma Gemma here in the final segment. And me and Dion are going to answer your questions straight from Twitter. Yeah, well, the third segment, continue on. One of the
1: first questions that we had on Twitter was Who is Houston looking to fill the coaching vacancy. So I reached out to a few of my sources and I didn't get any names. The only thing that I heard was most likely they were going to um, promote from within as people who aren't familiar. Coach Alvin Brooks left the program to go coach his alma mater, Lamar University. And also he took, well with him, was one of the assistant coaches on the team Mikhail McLean so there's two coaches that left the UH coaching staff and so from what I'm hearing I, I'm they're expecting coach from to promote from within I don't have any breaking news sorry for your fans on that one what about you have you heard anything as far as the coaching
0: yeah I haven't, I haven't heard anything yet so looking out from tweets from uh Andy and also Joseph Duarte um, I'll be on the lookout for those, but really nothing yet. But our next question comes from at this is not Mark. And he asks Is there really a team in the AAC that can beat UH next season?
1: I would say yes, there is. And I would start, well, let's go with the men's. I'll do men's and women. Starting with the men's team, I would say Memphis can beat Houston. Although they lost Boogie Ellis, they have um, talent coming in. Just they all oh, every time Houston plays Memphis, it's a tough, it's a close game. The saw Shaman Mark the Buzzer beater the last um, year to end the regular season. And then in the um, tournament as well, it was another close game. So I think Memphis is going to be a capable team. Tulsa with Frank Haith. We saw we lost to them at Tulsa, and if I'm not mistaken, in a back-to-back season, we lost to Tulsa. So I like what Frank Haith is doing down there. And also, Wichita State, Ross and them as well. Head coach Isaac Brown is doing a good job with the Shockers. Those are my three for the women, I mean, for the men's side. What about you, Justin?
0: Yeah, I don't have to agree. Uh, Memphis gave us two close games in the regular season and then the tournament. And, yeah, Tulsa, they've been really tough at home. And uh, – if I'm not mistaken, I remember last season they beat uh, Memphis, Tulsa did, by at least 40 points at home. I believe it was like almost 84 of the 40, score like that. And they're a really tough team when they're playing at Tulsa. And uh, U of A just haven't been able to beat them the last two years. And, of course, this season was on that heartbreaker uh, foul at .1 seconds. And they hit both free throws to win the game. And that was also Caleb Mills' final game with the Cougars.
1: And that was a tough game, but I like I just like what he's building there. And, and like you said, they play really tough at home, and Houston will have to go down there. So I think those are three teams who are capable of beating Houston. And Memphis, some of their guards will be upperclassmen. They'll be juniors. And so some of their experience will – will they have experience coming back that I should say. So I definitely like Memphis, but as far as for – the women's side, I mean, you got to start with South Florida. They were ranked in the top 25 pretty much throughout this entire season. They bring back – they're both seniors, Beth, uh, Bethy Mononga and Shea Everett. Both of those returned with pretty much their entire starting five is going to return. The two guards were underclassmen, so they're going to be back Shanique. And I think they're going to be pretty much the same exact team who they were last season. And Houston split with them in the regular season. So I think they're gonna be a, another good, have another good year. And also I got to go with UCF, Coach Abe, which she's doing down there in Central Florida. She's pretty much they made it to the NCAA tournament, but she's had it consistently good teams every year that she's been there. And Coach Shuey hasn't beaten her in a while. So I talk with Coach Shuey during the season, and that's one of the games he has circled on his calendar every year because he wants to get over that hump and beat that Central Florida team. I think those are the two teams, and I expect Houston really to compete and go back and forth with those teams. Three teams in the American Athletic Conference, on the women's side, hired a new coach at Memphis. They hired a new coach with Katrina Merriweather. She led Wright State to their first NCAA tournament. Tulsa hired a new coach in Angie Help. SMU, who I mentioned earlier, they hired a new coach the Wilson so a lot of change on the women's side as far as the head coach but those two teams those top two teams from a year ago South Florida and UCF I think they will be right in the thick of things again Tulane they lost their best player Kayla Jordan who was the freshman of the year in the American Athletic Conference she transferred to Mississippi State and so I think they're going to fall off some so I think Houston is going to really really be competing with South Florida and Central Florida to win that American Conference
0: next year. Yeah, in the past many shows, talking with Tamer and Andy, they've been always telling me about UCF and USF are really tough teams to look forward to this season for the Cougars to play. And, of course, uh, didn't win any of the games against UCF. Lost first game to South Florida, but that big game at the end of the season for U got that big win where they won at least by 13, 15 points. That's where I really thought this women's team could have a chance to make the tournament if they went out, you know, unfortunately, you know, they had a loss to Cincinnati and we're in that final uh, first four out of the tournament. But that USF game was just so huge and just a huge win for the program.
1: Yeah, it was a program defining when one of the biggest games that I've caught in my young broadcasting career as I mentioned like during undergrad I did some play by play for the women's basketball team and then once I graduated I was presented with the opportunity to do the color commentary as I mentioned so that's what I do the color commentary all of all their home games at the Petita set up alongside Matt Pearson. and doing that I get to talk with Coach Shuey every week before their games and he's a very honest coach talks a lot about his players, and what he expects from them and how they compete at practice. He's very honest about where they at in the moment. And that South Florida game was a big game for him. Like I said just a few seconds ago, he surfaced that UCF game every year because of, he hasn't had much success about, against them. So I think those two teams can beat the Houston women's basketball team. And for the men's side, like I just mentioned, I think next season in the conference. With South Florida and UCF, Coach Huey really circles those two games because he hasn't really had much success against primarily UCF. it had some success last season, as you just mentioned, getting a big win against South Florida. But those are the two teams who I expect the Houston Cougars women's team to be given a run against that money. Potentially could beat them next season but for the men, like I mentioned. Memphis, Tulsa, Wichita State are some of the teams who could give the Houston Cougars a run for their money inside the conference.
0: And our final question for tonight's episode, uh, our man Apollo Dez at Apollo asks, is Texas back? I
1: think that's yet to be seen, yet to be determined. Yet to be determined, Chris Baird, first season, it isn't like he's coming to a program who wasn't successful. I mean, they're coming off making it to the NCAA tournament. You look at Shaka Smart's tenure there and some of the talent who he put out year to year to the NBA. I don't even really need to list the names, but I, I mean, I don't think they have far to go. I think they just need to be consistent. Now they've gotten to the tournament, but they haven't had consistent in the tournament. I think. They got a really good coach who's had success at Texas Tech, so he's in the same state. Knows how to recruit now, bigger program at Texas. So I, I can't say they're back because they haven't won anything or did anything for me to give them that credit and say they're back. I think I think with Chris Beard, he's the right coach. He's a corner at heart. He graduated from there, so I think that's the right guy. And I think they're. It could be, but
0: I don't think I don't think they're back yet. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a no for me, but Chris, Chris Beer definitely a heck of a pickup, and they got some talent there. I mean, he just needs a win to really get that fan base really back on board. And, of course, in a, about a year or a couple of years or so, they're going to have that brand-new arena up there in Austin. And uh, a little bit of optimism for the Longhorns, but sorry, Des, they're not back yet, but hey – there's some optimism there. But for uh, Cougars next season, uh, for both men's and the women's team, definitely a lot to look forward to. I mean, both had incredible seasons, and uh, I- I'm excited for next year, and that'll do it for today's episode. As So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast.
1: I'm covering your University of Houston Cougars. And don't forget to follow Apollo H-O-U. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Dayon Dunup. That's at D-A-Y-O-N-D-U-N-L-A-P. As always, go Cougs.